Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Let's do it. Welcome back to the second half of the season and welcome back to the Straight Up Texas podcast presented by our friends at Whataburger. I'm your host, Hannah Wing, and I'm thrilled to be back at it again with both Nathaniel Lowe and Jared Sandler. Guys, how we doing? I'm great. How are you? He's great. I'm <laughs> great breath to say you're great. No, I, well, I didn't know who was going to go first. I, I feel like you're probably doing pretty well after a nice little complain. start to this homestand. I can't complain. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah this little little stretch here to start off the second half is pretty fun. We've had a lot happen since our previous episode, which was before the All-Star break, so I'll kind of catch us up to speed. So the Rangers have swept both the Cleveland Guardians and the Tampa Bay Rays. Nate, I'm sure that was especially fun for you. We'll dive into that in a little bit. Yes, good time. Uh, Alex Spees <laughs> made his debut, and what a debut that was, especially coming off of the incredible story that we all know and love. The Rangers are currently 58-39, and 39, the best start in franchise history. Wyatt Langford is officially in the Rangers organization. Am I missing anything? My guy over here is top 10 in the majors and hits. There we go. <laughs> there we go. I mean... I know there are a lot of different statistical measurements. We've talked about it, but at the end of the day, when you get in the box, you want to get on base. Yeah, you, you want to get, get a base, base hit. Yeah, yeah. Either yeah. or. Either and, or. You, and you're doing. You're. It's not like you're not walking. So no, you're on base percentage yeah. pretty. Uh, we got a battle of two of the best first basemen in the majors this weekend. Oh. Freddie Freeman, Nathaniel Lowe. Yeah, Freddie's fun. He's really good, man. He's really good. So yeah, I, and I've also never played against him like in regulation before, only in spring training. So yeah, like seeing him. You know, it's it's like same same like playing anybody else, playing another good player. It's like you see things and hear things, and yeah, yeah. I hope he hits the ball right at everybody all weekend. Yeah, but you know, <laughs> inevitably when he does get to first base, it'll be a good time. And just for context for our listeners, we're recording this on Friday, so the Dodgers are arriving to the ballpark most likely. They're already here, or in a couple of hours or so. But coming off of six straight wins and the momentum that this team has, how pumped are you for this weekend? Yeah, it'll be a good time. Yeah, like. You know, we're in a tough little pitching stretch here, facing Cleveland, Tampa, L.A., uh, the Padres in Houston next week. Like, you know, you got to take whatever you can. So, yeah, again, it'll be it'll be a good weekend for us to test out where we're at, play somebody we don't usually play, and then, uh, yeah, ideally come away with a couple more Ws. So I think going into the All-Star break, the narrative around a team is one of two things. If you're playing well, then people are like, oh, the All-Star break, gosh, you know, maybe bad timing. If you're not playing well, it's like, hey, team, they, they need a recharge or whatever. I, the team obviously wasn't playing well going into the All-Star break from yeah. a win-loss standpoint. Oh, yeah. Did you feel like the recharge was necessary? Yes. or Okay, and, and in what ways does it help? Like, how did how did those four days help this team? Uh, well, for so many of our guys, it was only two days, right? Because they come home from Seattle after that. And then, uh, 
get Wednesday, Thursday to get reset, but we just had so many different pieces going in different directions, you know, like between sending all the guys there all the way across the country from DC, people figuring out what they're going to do for the break, how you're going to recharge, reset and get ready to go. Like, you know, those days off are good, uh, good for your golf game. Sometimes <laughs> good for your, good for your skin to get nice and burnt. Uh, some people's liver, you know, had a pretty, pretty long four days, but you know, it's, it's exciting. It's a good time to, recharge and get ready for this big second half how did you spend the all-star break um i i saw my parents for a couple of days and i came back to texas and i golfed yeah we, we had a good time i played my golf course at home remembered that it's not that easy and yeah i was pleasantly reminded that i'm not that good at golf so uh it's time to play some baseball how many rounds you get in three three okay. yeah I played Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And one of those rounds ended with you trying to fight through the rain. Yes. The yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Brennan posted a video of me on 18. Yeah, like we see the rain coming and like, you know, we're so used to it that we can tell when we're going to get wet or not. And I'm looking at my dad and we're going out towards whatever hole it is, 13 or 14 is facing west and then it turns and then you come east the rest of the way home and, and the the weather pattern, the the you know, the rain will usually work in from the West and we're on 17 coming down the, coming down the fairway and get to the 17th green. It's a little elevated. I turn around and look behind us and there's just a white wall of rain. And then my dad's like, I'm going to the car. I'll see you, I'll see you at home. And Brenna, of course is like, come on, like, let's go to the car. I'm like, oh, well, you got to finish. Yeah. My T-ball's in bounds on 18. <laughs> like, like, you know, I got a, I got a little chance to get up and down and make this birdie here and make something on my round. But no, yeah. So we got poured on. But take it straight to the straight to the clubhouse after that, get dried off, and go get breakfast. It was a good day. Speaking of the rain and golf, uh, the Open Championship is going on. It is. I always love, and and I enjoy watching tennis and golf, and they have their their majors, Grand Slams, you know, depending on which sport, different parts of the world. So yeah. the U.S. Open in golf, like normal times, uh, the Masters, normal times, uh, the PGA, normal times. But what I love about the British Open is that like you wake up and golf's on. And, and if it's you on, yeah. If you wake up at like four thirty and you can't sleep, it's on. There's golf on, yeah. 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 I don't know. It might be kinda of hard to stream sometimes. You know how sometimes these sure. streaming services make it difficult. But yeah, I think if you got Peacock you can watch yeah, whenever you want. Yeah. And you are you, I mean, are you waking up watching it from the start? Uh not really. I don't know. Like I, I feel like I can catch the important stuff at the the reruns at normal times. So I don't know. I, I, I follow major championships. I enjoy like you know, seeing the action, see what's going on and watching somebody make a push. Um, you know, I have great appreciation for Gary Woodland hitting a, hitting a ball into a, a whatever it was, a handrail yesterday yeah. and watching it go clang off in the other direction. Like I, I feel that, you know, um, <laughs> you connect. yeah, but I don't know. It was especially impressive too. Like you kind of pay attention to the guys that play the Scottish open before they play the British or which people call the open now. And, um, yeah, you think about, Rory McIlroy hitting a two iron into a 205-yard shot, finishing up on 18, and if he makes the birdie, he wins the tournament. I'm thinking in my head, I'm like, gosh, I have no idea where that two iron's going if I have to hit that shot. But that's why he's, you know, top five golfer in the world, and I'm a baseball player. Speaking of golf, let's have a little hypothetical here. So let's say you're in the match. Sure. Which teammate, or I guess brother, would you pick to play with you, and what athletes would you want to play against? Hmm. Um, I, right now I don't want to play against Steph. I don't want to play against Steph Curry. He's so hot. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Like that. It, it's so underappreciated what he did at that celebrity tournament in Tahoe. Right. Because he makes a hole in one in competition, which is insane. And then he makes a walk off Eagle in competition, which is insane. And you know, that's like one of the best basketball players of all time. So he's 
out. So maybe him as a teammate, <laughs> him as a teammate. And then, yeah, if, I don't know if I can ride his coattails for a partner match. Like I don't really need to care who we're playing against. Cause he'll carry the go. whole way home right now. Uh, all right. I want to do a team state of the union before we do though on <laughs> Wednesday, today's Friday. Yeah. On Wednesday, Alex Spees made his major league debut. He did, yeah. So first of all, we'll get to his performance sure. in a second. He's got a unique story. Everyone does. Every, every player who plays this game has something unique about their story. Yep. Not many players step away from the game, retire, however you want to characterize it, and then come back uh, without any major league experience and then work their way to the major. So he, he has a little bit of a, a wrinkled his story. Yep. How familiar are you guys with that before everyone starts talking and writing about it. like when he, when you heard his name, like, did you know any of that or do you guys objectively? Not no. Okay. Objectively? No, you have no idea. You know, it's just, a, it's another guy coming through the system that you calling into a big situation against the first place team in a one run game to get a big out. And he did that. And then we throw the runner out at second base. And then, you know, the fan fairy, like the, the, the fairy tale, like kind of unwinds a little bit. You guys have a chance on air to talk about, what he's been through, this, that, and the other. But Spees is from right down the road from me. Like, he went to McEachern High School. Um, I got a couple guys that I know that went to the high school there, and, and I've played travel ball with a lot of them. So you knew for a long time that he'd throw 100, and he's not afraid to throw it off the backstop. But, you know, to come in there and, like, you know, I, I he probably only threw, what, three, four fastballs out of all yeah. five batters that he faced, four batters. Like, and he threw 90% slider, cutter, whatever that thing is. Like, that's so big for him. Because when you throw you, – you have a primary pitch that's plus, but when you have a secondary pitch you can throw for a strike, then you turn into somebody who can really make something happen. And if Spees is the next guy in line who could get big outs for us and make something happen, that's going to be great for us as a whole. And then you add the story on top, it makes it cooler. Okay, so he comes in – I mean, some guys make their major league debut and you try – Yeah, you try to <laughs> ease them in. And uh, for a lot of reasons that just – wasn't the way his story played out. He comes into a one-run game uh, facing an all-star and Wander Franco, who's coming in to pinch hit. You mentioned to strike him out, throw him out, so gets out of the inning, and then he strikes out the next two guys he faced, both of whom were all-stars, yep. and then gets a pop. I mean, that's like, okay, how do you, how would you explain just how impressive that is for a guy making his major league debut against a really good team in a really big spot to do what he did? Monday qualifying for a PGA tournament and then getting like making the cut and being in contention down the stretch on Sunday. Like that's, that's the way I feel like that goes, you know, cause it's kind of like out of nowhere, long shot odds are stacked in the other direction. And then, you know, he performs to the point where you can't say no to him. Right. And dominates the minor leagues this year. And he's the next guy in line at the right time to get big outs for us. And that's what he did the other day. And that's what we expect out of him going forward. I was shadowing Emily during the game, so I was sitting on the first base camera well, and it was so cool seeing the dugout reactions, how happy everyone was, and how genuinely joyful every single person sitting in that dugout was watching him perform. In the clubhouse after you guys won that game, what was the energy and the whole just overall vibe like for you guys watching him perform and then celebrating with him after? Uh, I was just happy, you know, just super happy. Like anybody else making their debut, you're so happy for him. But again, like with everything... Lining up the way it lined up after the after the All Star break and you win six in a row like against competitive teams like it, it doesn't matter who pitched or who did what or who hit a homer or who drove in a run like you're just it's a good place to be. All right, so six in a row doesn't you know no matter who you play it's impressive. The Guardians were in first place when they came here. They left not in first place. The Rays are now not in first place after losing yesterday, but Crazy. they 
Uh, they lost sole possession of first place coming through here. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's, I mean, give me a state of the team uh, other than, hey, playing well. But, like, what are the things that stand out to you about these six games and the way you guys took care of business? We just won games different in different fashions this time. You know, like, like we go down 4 nothing the first game after the All-Star break, and it's like, well, uh, here we go. You know, because it, it's no secret. We kind of crash and burn into the break. Like, we, we tripped and fell a lot, and lost some games we feel like we really should have won, but that's what you have to do. You know, you have to figure out how you need to get better. And coming back from down four with 12 unanswered was huge. And then we win a late one going forward. And then it's another, like, come-from-behind victory. And then we win a one-run game. And then we win some real tight ones. We face McClanahan fresh off the injured list, and he's throwing who knows what, right, because he's crushing us. And then Zeke hits a big homer in the eight hole. It's like – and Leody had a big day. Uh, the the final day of the series, it's like there was no one thing that really stuck out about how we won those games. But we won them all in ways that we're going to need to win games down the stretch and potentially in the postseason. And then you tell me, like, where are you, and and how would you assess kind of where you're at right now? And uh, what's coming around? You know, coming around. I'm glad the All Star stuff's over. Um, you know, it's nice to have guys like now, you know, there's no more like, oh, am I going to make it to Seattle? Am I going to get voted in? Am I going to perform this, that, the other? It's like, all right, let's let's win games all the way down the stretch, win every single game that we can win and get ready to perform in the postseason, which is what ultimately should matter the most. One thing that stood out to me, we talked about this in Boston, I don't remember where, but you change your batting stance a little bit. Yeah, a little uh, bit. There, there's some guys who they're constantly tweaking their stance, uh, whether you realize it or not, they're making 10, 15 changes a year. And there are other guys who you watch them their first year, their 10th year, they look the exact same. How often do you do that? Uh, and what's the process for you to actually decide, hey, I'm going to I'm gonna change things up? Um, I don't know. I just – and even still this last series with Tampa, I, I got my doors blown off a lot. Like, you know, we saw some really plus fastballs from those guys, and I just simply wasn't available to get the bat there. So it came down to, like, what am I going to do that's going to give me the most direct swing that I can have? And it's it's a progression. It's something that I'll continue to work through through the remainder of the season and probably through the remainder of my career, you know, because you, you have to clean that up over and over again because next thing you know, you're going to have seven guys on every team throwing 98 instead of three or four. And then, you know, before I was here, there was maybe two guys on every team that would throw that hard in the back end of the bullpen. And then, you know, it, years ago, it felt like there was just, like, the one magic man who's throwing 100. And it's like, you know, he's a lefty for the Reds, and now he's in the back of our bullpen. <laughs> and, um, yeah, it's it's just the way the game's going. It feels like it was just calling me in the direction of getting a shorter swing. And if that's what I have to do, if I have to change mechanical stuff and change my drill package for better intent, then that's what I have to do. Do you feel a little extra pep in your step since you swept your brother? Not really. Not really. Yeah, it was so it was super mixed emotions when he's running around the bases after hitting that homer. Um, you know, and I look over in stands and, and my parents are cheering, my grandma's cheering, and of course Brenna's cheering too, because like, yeah, of course she should. And the same way I would expect Josh's girlfriend to be, you know, at least giving me a golf clap if I'm hitting a home run against them. Like, of course, that's part of our team off the field so you know it's uh it's good to, to beat those guys a couple of times it's even better to beat them here yeah but you know we got we got things to do this weekend i loved the low and loud memes that were coming out from all of you guys sitting next to each other i all think it was the, the flow rider song they were yes. quoting and then had the jerseys side by side yeah. by side that was pretty fun yeah but, but brandon brandon actually did mention something to me the next day he goes man i'm pretty sure that song doesn't say loud 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 it seems like you're the issue here pal <laughs> uh Last thing on that, uh, 
you almost picked off, or you were almost a part of the pickoff of your brother. I got uh, to smack him. Yeah, I, I was, <laughs> I was gonna. Ask, was there a little bit of a harder tag? Any yes, kind? Okay. absolutely. Okay. Yes. Yeah, you know, I don't want to hurt him. I don't want to hit him in the wrist or anything. But yeah, I I heard that glove pop. Yeah, and I threw the ball back to whoever's pitching. I'm like, ah, <laughs> 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 yeah. He starts laughing too. It's good. That's Every good. time I looked over at you guys, you both were just cracking up. Yeah. Every single time for three days. What were you guys laughing about? If you can say on air, and if not, that's totally fine. Yeah, I can't. All good. You just got to keep it light. That's, that's all. amazing. I still think it's, and I know you're ready to be done with all the the talk about you versus your brother. And thankfully, I think for your own benefit, it really wasn't nearly as much of a circus this time around as no, it was no in Tampa. Way. Yeah, just my parents and my grandma. Yeah, yeah. in the yeah. memes. Yeah, yeah. But uh, it's yeah. still so. I mean, I I, I had someone, just a buddy of mine, who was like, "Gosh, you know, how cool is that? Like, you know, you're you're growing up in the backyard playing with your brother yeah. and." Now you guys are both in the majors. So I'm glad you guys got to experience that this year. And Yeah. Uh, well, we had two really, really cool brother moments, this objectively cool brother moments this week between, like, Josh and I playing against each other and then uh, both Bo and Josh Naylor yeah. hitting homers in the same game, same inning. That was, yeah, like, you know. That's pretty cool, too. Sucks we're on the wrong side of it, but, like, objectively, that's really cool. Ended up getting the win, so. Yeah. yeah you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. 12 unanswered usually does that. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll take it. Happens. Right. Well, good. Since you – you know, are a part of two sweeps. We're going to reward you with something. Uh-oh. You ready for this? I'm ready. All right, we got to give a shout-out to our friends at Whataburger. Whataburger's Southern Bacon Double Burger is back, here for a limited time and participating locations. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Hannah mentioned... Uh our oldest Chapman, you mentioned the guy from Cincinnati who threw hard uh, and yes. is still throwing hard, same, and he is, he is now a Texas Ranger. Yes. <laughs> uh, we have not spoken to you. I think we, we recorded the podcast like a day or two before the trade yes. was made, right? Yes. All right, so how did you learn of the trade, and what was your reaction to the Rangers acquiring our oldest? Yeah, uh, so Reagan's – I saw Reagan's in the parking lot, Cole Reagan's, and um, – unpacking his stuff coming into the locker room this that and the other i'm like okay sure like, he's getting reactivated whatever because he was spending some time triple a and then uh yeah we were going out for stretch and i saw some guys giving him some hugs and i'm like oh i guess he's going somewhere you know because at that point like if you show up for one day and then you're getting hugged like you, you're probably not getting designated so yeah so they said he got traded to kansas city and i was thinking okay well it's either for barlow or chapman some of their back end guys and yeah they said chapman i went okay like, here we go you know um, but yeah, what a force, man. Like what a force, like even just in the uniform. Like I, I was, <laughs> I was ready for him cause he'll do the thing, you know, where, like when he's on the visiting team where he, he might not know where the tunnel is or he chooses not to, to like take his walk across the outfield so you can see him go into the outfield. So you're like, all right, whew, there's that guy, <laughs> you know, there's that Can't guy. Miss him. No, he's and there's, a, guy. yeah, there's a couple guys that'll do that across the league and, you know, walk across with a cup of coffee just to let you know, like, yeah, I'm the, I'm big and bad. I'm the closer, but like. He's really big and bad in the closer. Like, yeah, it's cool. He looks great in the uniform. He's getting big outs for us. Like, the fastball's there. The other stuff's there. And, yeah, it's just, yeah. When he's in, it's over. 
you can't not get chills when the lights are flashing, his song's playing, and I just trotting it. out to uh, the mound. Right, I mean, so I would yeah. just be terrified if I had yeah, to face him. Uh, uh, yeah, contrary to popular belief, when the lights flash, I can't stand it. Oh, really? I can't stand it. You have to see the ball. Oh, because you, you know you, you guys are see warming up. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah it's like, and it's like you know, like it's cool that it's an effect and all this other stuff. Like, like if the other team goes out for a mound visit and I'm standing on deck and the lights start flashing, I'm like, well. Might as well take the first pitch because I have to readjust my eyes, you know, now that the lights have been turned off in my place of work. Uh, so that's something we're working through. I haven't, I, that, that, this might be the first time that that complaint has gone public. Um, so yeah, so if the light crew or the DJ's listening, then yeah, that's coming from me and other position players. Pretty popular opinion. Don't turn the lights off. Um, but yeah, the intro's cool. Speaking of Chapman, what about his game has impressed you so far? It's like, uh, it just doesn't age, you know, at the end of his career in New York, like you'd see a fastball in there every now and then it's like 95, 96. Right. And then now you, he's thrown the hardest pitch in stack cast era for the Texas Rangers. It's like, well, he's back, you know, he's back. He's happy. He's comfortable. He's, you know, he's doing what he does and getting people out. So yeah, it's cool. Can you, from your spot at first base, can you tell the difference watching between one Oh two and 100? Like when he, no. okay. I didn't know like if they're, you can't tell in the box either. I, th- I I really truly believe above ninety eight. You can't tell. It's just all, no, it's kind of all the same. hard. It's hard and harder. How do you hit one hundred two? Like what? I mean, how do you prepare for one hundred two? Is like a, early and hope for the best. Hope it doesn't hit you. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Like yeah, see the one in the middle, and if it's on the plate, you got to go because yeah, you can't be too specific and pick a corner and go one or the other. You just have to you just have to do your best to get the head out and put it on the barrel. You've, I'm sure, seen the the picture or meme or whatever of like your reaction after yeah, a strikeout. Looking, looking at the uh, what's it called the the banner that has the velocity on it. What? Yeah, smiling. Okay, what was yeah. what was going? So you're I looking, was, you smiling. Yeah. I'm like, gosh, I'm happy he's on our team. You know, like, yeah, I'm like glad I don't have to face a left-hander throwing 103. That's yeah, cool. You've been quite the meme king this week. I don't know how. <laughs> I don't know how. Have you got to talk to him at all? I know he's a pretty quiet guy. Yeah, uh, here and there. Yeah, well, he's been as friendly as can be. Yeah, in his in his English side, he's not he's not overly talkative. Like I'll speak my Spanglish here and there, and you know, kind of get a little conversation out. But yeah, he's friendly as can be. He shows up and gets his work in, and he's ready for whenever they call down for him. So that's all you can really ask for out of a bullpen guy. I feel like the team has two guys in the back of the bullpen who do things differently. They go about things differently in terms of the way they get outs. Sure. And Will Smith and Aroldis, yep. you know, Aroldis throws 102. Will throws like 92, you know. But they've both been uh, – they're, they're four guys in Major League Baseball who have held lefties and righties to an OPS under 500. Uh, and those are two of the four. Mm. I mean, so like, you know, whatever. I know we love velocity and, and it works for some people. Will Smith's finding a way to get stuff done. With, I love outs. Yeah. Out, and, he, and he, outs. He's getting outs. But what stands out is that, and I don't, you know, Will is, it's way easier to get to know or, or, or be around Will and understand how he's wired to some degree than, than Aroldis, but it seems like we got two guys that come out of the bullpen who they do things differently, but there's just like a confidence when they come into the game like, all right, this is going to be taken care of. Yeah, that's that's the mindset that they have to have on the back end of the bullpen. You know, like I, I, they don't care who they're facing. They can face Babe Ruth, Barry Bonds, and Mark McGuire, and still expect to punch all three out. So, yeah, I, I mean, it's blind confidence out of the back end, but that's what you want. 
What's Will like? Like, what, what's he like? He's, he, he's <laughs> he always making jokes. He just seems so funny. Whenever Will's I see him awesome. during Clubhouse time, his shorts are, not even shorts, but his pants are pulled up like shorts. His hat's on sideways. Yeah, he's stretching like, his he's pants awesome. out. He's stretching his pants out. That's what that's for. Yeah. Usually when your pants are folded up like that above your knee, it's so that the bottom will rest properly on your, on your shoes. Because sometimes they'll shrink in the wash. Um, you learn something new every day. There you go. Um, yeah, Will's awesome. I golfed with him yesterday. We had a good time out there. He likes to he likes to talk here and there. He's Shocker. got a plastic snake. He's got a plastic snake that'll drop out of the cart. He got it. He got me with it in spring training, and he got our fourth with it yesterday. And uh, you know, of course, he's got the video camera rolling. When you come around the corner and realize there's a coiled up rattlesnake right by your cart, it's a it's a treat. He's a good time. <laughs> he also seems like yes, good teammate, hard worker. Like he's always in the weight room. He's always doing his stuff. Like he's always ready to pitch, even though he'll joke about it. You know, say like, eh, through 16 pitches yesterday, like the old man's sore, like this, that, and the other. But no, he's coming back out every night. That, that my impression, and, and I don't get to obviously be around in some of the more intimate private moments, right? We get a, a snapshot, but it just seems like he does demonstrate what it means to do your work on a daily basis. Yes. And like, and I think there are a lot of young guys in, in the bullpen and young guys on the team. And I, I mean, I feel like that can only have a positive impact, but like that, that's something that stands out to me is like, this is, you know, results aside, this guy's a pro yes. and he knows what it means to be a pro. And I think that stuff goes a long way. A hundred percent. Yeah. That's like that extra little oomph, right. In, in your process, like when you're convicted in what you're doing, like that's how you're going to get the most out of yourself. And Will believes in it. Like, you know, he, he's in the weight room however many days a week. He's, you know, putting on something too loud with rock and roll, and Brock Burke's <laughs> got his headphones on because he likes to listen to Eminem and all kinds of other stuff. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, they'll go back and forth. And like, yeah, like Brock wanted to listen to Eminem on the first tee box yesterday morning on an off day, and Will's telling him, like, no. <laughs> we're, we're listening to country. We can listen to Eminem at the turn. But, yeah, you know, he'll go up there, he'll get on the elliptical, get his work in get his cardio work in, watch his show, and then get ready to go. And, that, like, you know, out of a teammate, out of a reliever, like, you can really only ask for that, and he fits the bill for us. All right. Uh, well, you mentioned working out. Position player, how much do you work out during the season? <sighs> you can't tell. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I'd like to get in the weight room three four days a week. I really would. And it doesn't have to be heavy weight. It doesn't have to be – I don't have to – break a sweat or this, that, and the other, but I need to move and I need to make sure that my joints are ready to go. My back's ready to go. Your knees and ankles are important and your legs are huge. So that's like, if you're not working legs out and you're tired on the field, then, you know, when, by the time August and September rolls around, you're really behind the eight ball. And then, you know, if you get to play October baseball, like that's, that's very important. So you have to stick to your routine. You have to be convicted in doing what you're doing, whether it's, your own weight program, whether it's a team's weight program or like following the mold of somebody else, but you just have to be consistent and commit. And even when it hurts, like the days where you go in there and get something done, you'll feel better afterwards. I want to switch gears a little bit and talk to you about Travis Jankowski, another mm -hmm. awesome storyline yes. that this team has seen this season. What about his game impresses you and what have you seen from him, especially in the past six games? He's so confident and not doing too much, right? Like he's so fine with flipping a ball over the shortstop's head <laughs> at 53 miles an hour. Like, like he loves, he loves tickling the ball, right? They like just tickle it to left, right? Home runs are overrated. Like what's like, he's got 10 career homers. He has no career sack flies. We're trying so hard to get a runner on third base with less than two outs. So Travis Jankowski can hit his first career sack fly. And I don't even know what year it is for him in the show, but it, it's been a minute now and he's probably got a lot of at bats without having a sack fly. So yeah, that's, that's the next 
like check mark on his career bucket list. Do you, so you weren't here when Joey Gallo had his first sack fly. No, I don't but think it, so. Yeah, it was like a big, you know, they made a whole thing of it in the dugout because, I mean, this is a guy that hits home runs and hits fly balls but had never had a sack fly, I think, yep. until 2019 or something. So, I all right, I'm, we're going to look down at the dugout when that happens. So I, we, I mean, we've been trying. Yeah. But, you know, it's like it's a point of interest. It's a point of conversation for sure. But, yeah, like, you know, like I said, Travis is fine with taking pitches. He's fine with taking pitches right down the middle. He's fine with taking pitches on the corner. He's going to work a quality at bat. He's going to run the bases hard. He's going to play great defense. And, yeah, the hits are falling for him too. So he's been really productive for us. He's a good teammate. Like, he's not overly talkative, but, you know, he's got a great personality. You know, they've got a bunch of kids at home. And he's a father. <laughs> you know, he's a husband. Like, yeah, I, they've done such a good job, man. Like, the, the front office has done such a good job getting the culture guys together. And, like, yeah, Travis just, again, Travis fits the bill. He's he's different from your, you know, typical basher sometimes that you stick in left. He's not a guy who's going to hit 30 home runs and hit 220, but, you know, he's going to put together a quality at bat, and that's kind of what we need him to do, and he's doing that. And so. he has great hair. My dad calls him Goldilocks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I guess that works, Great yeah. hair. Great hair. Hitting over 300, getting on base over 40% of the time. That's That plays. Pretty good. Yeah, pretty darn good. Uh, all right, I, I got a golf question that I want to kind of relate to baseball. So. Kay. Brooks Kepka called out Matthew Wolf uh, a couple for weeks not ago. Not working. For, yeah, for basically, yeah, not working. Um, you know, their teammates on, you know, through Live, you know, the way Live works is, you know, unlike the PGA, there are teams and it's it's kind of a team competition. Uh, I'm not necessarily curious about your thoughts on that, but he went, Brooks Kepka went through the media mm. to call out a teammate. Mm. Uh, and we've seen over the years in sports, players, coaches, managers, what have you, use the media as a way to maybe send a message. Um, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. How how do you think it's best to deal with a conflict like that? Or if you, you got a guy who you think isn't working as hard or not doing what he should do, I, I don't see you going to the media and calling the guy out. No, yeah, that's crazy. Like, that's kind of crazy. Like, the fact that, you know, and that's your teammate, too. Like, you need performance out of that guy. It's the same way. We saw a story with a manager earlier in the year who mm -hmm. talked about a player who wasn't sprinting and took it to the media and then sat him for a couple days. And that's a conversation that, like, you could have behind closed doors face-to-face. -face. And that's the way I feel like is the, the best way to go about it. And if you hurt somebody's feelings, at least you hurt their feelings to their face and, and – they understand on the most clear note possible what's going on because as soon as you get a third party involved, then opinions get involved and then it, it's not a matter of fact anymore. And like in sports, it needs to be as matter of fact as possible because when you get emotional, you just lose sight of what's going on. So if you're not performing, you're not working, you're not practicing and you're obviously not getting the results that you want, then it, it is your fault. And for a team captain to take it to the media or a manager to take it to the media instead of directly to that player, like, I don't know. That doesn't sit great with me, but it, thankfully, like in-house, we've we haven't had to deal with something like that. So it's not a situation that I'm necessarily familiar with, and I I don't think that I would be the guy to be the enforcer anyway. But yeah, I, that seems like something that could definitely be handled on a lot smaller scale, save some embarrassment, perhaps get a little more out of the party that's getting disciplined instead of just embarrassing them and potentially making them want to quit. I I think sometimes. It's the last question on that. You can get asked a harmless question um, by someone, by one of the writers. Like, they're not, it's not even about anything that's like controversial or, mm -hmm. uh, and then like, 
I don't know. Sometimes I wonder, you know, well, if I talk about this guy, then I got to include this guy. And if I don't include this guy, then I got to hurt his feeling or I might hurt his feelings if I don't talk about this or that. Do you have any, uh, like, do you ever think about maybe what you might be asked in advance or like, do you ever like kind of overthink that? Cause like, I, I don't know. I just, it is powerful and stuff gets twisted in the media and, uh, you know, you could say something that doesn't mean anything but like someone misinterprets a quote or whatever like i, I yeah. think that stuff sucks it's like going back to it's like going back to playing tampa at home last year right and and there was a left-hand pitcher that was out there and he kept missing high and tight and that's that's fine right and and of course I, he finally hangs the change up i hit it out of the field and i said a lot of choice words as i'm walking to first base but you know in the spirit of competition like you say things and things come out but it's not a talking point afterwards it's not a point of interest it's not a point of conflict that you know is simply outside of competition on field so when I get asked about it after the game and I was like uh, no I mean you know I'm not gonna expound upon that because yeah I was cussing as I'm running down the first baseline and excited because I did my job but you know you can be prepared for something like that but there's there's definitely a blanket or like an umbrella of things that happen on the field that need to stay on the field and just not make it to the media. So as long as you do your job and you're respectful, you give them some of what they want to hear. Like I, we've got a good, we've got a good group of beat reporters. It feels like that aren't really going out of their way to, you know, bash on anybody. Like you, for instance, the Yankee starter comes off the field the other night and blows a kiss. And all of a sudden it's on the back page of the New York post, like kind of blowing him up, talking about how he's, made a lot of money and he's not performing like that will happen in a heartbeat. But we've got, you know, we've got a pretty, pretty mellow group who feels like they're out there, like putting out media that's to boost the team and not break it down. So as long as you can avoid points where it feels like it's going to break things down, then you can say the G rated version and still get on with your job. Very well said. And this team's also had tons of positive storylines this yes. year too. It probably makes their jobs a lot easier. Yes. We'll be back with fan questions for Nathaniel after the break. It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. If you love banana pudding, you've got to try Whataburger's Banana Pudding Shake. Back for a limited time only. All right, Nathaniel, fan questions coming up. Jared, you want to start us off? Yeah. All right. So this one uh, comes from Michael. He wants to know, is your walk-up song an inside joke with Chris Young? Because I think the artist of your walk-up song here of late is Chris Young. Oh, yeah. See why the GM Chris Young. No, <laughs> no, no, no. no. No, okay, so I, nothing to that. No, I like RBIs though. RBIs would be pretty cool. Because so I, I know could, the like, song get says the runner home, getting you home. So like, is that the, like a get play the on base words? Runner home, like that'd be pretty cool. Oh, yeah. that's I, I, yeah. and it's like I, I feel like it's like a mainstream enough country song that like the you know the vibes up a little bit. I never walked out of country before. This is my first shot at it. Okay, it's okay. Very straight up Texas of you, Nathaniel. Oh, thanks. Yeah, uh, this one from Scosty Boy wants to know. Uh, who would win a fight tournament out of everyone on the team? Uh, and if you want to exclude a role Chapman, if you feel like that's an obvious answer, then that's fine. But like, if there was just like a so Mortal Kombat, do I have to exclude Adolis too? Like, no. Okay, think? yeah, because then that's one B. It's okay. like Chappie one A, Adolis one B. You know, like I probably put myself one C out of pure <laughs> competition. <laughs> no, I don't know. No, we got some shifty little dudes in there. Uh, we got some big muscular guys too. So, yeah, I, I, 
ideally I'd rather not have to go Mortal Kombat Super Smash Bros on my teammates. Obviously. Um, yeah, but if there were a guy who were to win like a like a big old just brawl, I, it's probably Adolis. Okay, this one from Jack, and it's a good question. What are vibes like leading up to the trade deadline? Is that on people's minds, or is it just not a major focus? Um, in our position that we're in now, where ideally we'd buy at the deadline, it's it's kind of odd because you know, like you want to continue to be a part of the team, you know, and and if you're a piece that the front office feels like they could flip to get something better out of you, then yeah, I'm sure that's a that's a pretty weird spot to be in. But now after going through two deadlines where we're in total sell and we wanted prospects back, um, it's going to be fun to ideally add players. But again, like I'm not the GM I I'm a on field employee for a reason. I'm not a front office executive, so I, I can't really attest to the overall vibe. So when you were coming up through Tampa's system, right. they were, they had good major league teams. Yes. Were you ever thinking like, Oh, like, I wonder if I'm going to get traded because they were in a position where they would, if they make trades, they're probably trading prospects. Uh, they're not selling or like when you're so when you're in the minors, that's something that you guys are talking about on the bus and like, oh, yes, like, oh, okay, yeah. all the time. Yeah. You know, like that's a, that's like a running joke, too. It's like, hey, man, like, you know, you better pick it up. You're going to get traded for some baseballs. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, yeah, we're like or, or, you know, if there's somebody that's kind of rubbing somebody the wrong way like hey man like let's get rid of him for a couple fungo bats and a bucket of baseballs and like we'll be okay <laughs> or cash consideration cash consideration yeah. <laughs> player to be named cash later that's yes always... yeah, yeah yeah that's that's a funny one but um no i don't know i i looking looking back at it in hindsight it feels like i kind of might have gone to the futures game to up my trade value um and then i obviously i wind up getting traded after 2020 um there was a, a little while there where I thought I was going to be a Cleveland Indian at the time before they were rebranded as the Guardians. Uh, I thought I was going to get involved. There were some executives that had called my college coaches just to do some character checks and see what was going on there. So I, I had an inkling, but, you know, you don't really know until you know. So, yeah, uh, getting traded is always a possibility unless you've obviously signed a free agent deal. you got a no-trade clause. So, you know, but it's just another opportunity to work for another employer. There, There's always 29 other employers out there as long as you don't burn your bridges. So you're, every night should be a tryout for everybody. I like it. Um, Medina Manuel 24 wants to know who is on Ox on road trips and in the clubhouse. Me. Always? Yes, always, yes. What are your go-tos? I, I can't divulge that information. No, I don't know. I, I like playing music from an artist of the city we're going to. That's cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, we'll play some Paul Wall going to Houston, see what's going on down there. <laughs> um, yeah, San Diego might be, I don't know, is Revolution from out there, the L.A.? I think so. One or the other, yeah, one of those. Sublime. Su yeah, Sublime, there you go. One of those Southern California bands, this, that, and the other. Play Drake when we go to Toronto. Like, it, yeah, it's, uh, you just got to keep it light, that's all. Uh, Max Danielson, 41, wants to know, what's the family rivalry like when the Rangers play the Rays? I saw Wendy Lowe sitting sitting pretty in the Lexus Club yeah, on a a Wednesday. There, yeah. But for Thanks, your parents Delta, especially, you how was that for them? Uh, they are great. They enjoyed it. You know, they're just so happy to see us on the field. Um, yeah, my mom wears her split jerseys, and she wears her shoes that she got all custom made and the hat. And, you know, people come up to her and say congrats and this, that, and the other, make a little small talk. But, yeah. The sibling rivalry, as far as teams go, like it's not like they lean towards one team or another. They just hope that both of us have a good series. I like it. Good answer. Um, 
Hayden Talmage, T-A-L-M-A-G-E, wants to know, who is the pitcher on the Rangers that you think would be the toughest to get a hit off of? Toughest to get a hit off of. Heaney had my number for a long time. Like, the first couple spring training at-bats, he had my number for a long time. Uh, I felt like I needed a tennis racket to face him because that fastball just kept rising right above me. Uh, I mean, you know, Chappie's on the list for sure. Um, the left-handers in the bullpen are tough. Like, the, the starting rotation's good. Like, I know Evaldi's got me a, a decent amount of times. Um, I don't think I've ever faced Dane. And, of course, like, like by default, I'd probably – pick Dane because he's not throwing 100 and he'd do a good job of getting the cutter in on me or whatever because he's been great for us this year you know it's not a fluke anymore like Dane Dunning is a plus plus major league starter like I, we need to go on record and say that um but yeah I don't know when it when the left-hander that we got back there is throwing 103 that's probably the pretty easy candidate you've got one home run against a current teammate yeah i know exactly who it is <laughs> i figured you might you better believe i know who that you is. want to share who it is i know who it is he knows who it is we've talked about it it is yeah. uh it is jacob de two-time Cy young winner jacob yeah DeGrom. what what do you remember about that he missed the first time all the way through he missed the entire at bat with his fastball he got stupid and he hung me a changeup, and i hit it out center yeah it was an advantage count i think it was 1-0 it was an advantage count for me i was just looking for something different and yeah, he just threw that change up right down the middle. I hit it out to left center. And then the next at bat, I faced him with runners on second, third. Second, third, less than two outs. And, like, it was like, you know, taking candy from a baby. He just said, here's 101, sit down. I said, okay. <laughs> <he's> <laughs> mad. Yes, sir. <laughs> All right, two more from me. Bryson Barrett wants to know, do you like The Office? If so, who's your favorite character? My favorite character in The Office. Ooh. It's, like, it's so hard because it just – it rolls through so many different, like just different phases of each character. Like when Dwight finally admits that he's in love with Angela, he's going to get married at the end. I love him. Can't stand Andy. Um, yeah. Robert California is the worst, the <laughs> absolute worst. Um, you know, I like, I, I think it's so fun when, uh, what's his name? When, gosh, what's the executive's name? Um, David, the CFO. Right. Oh, the, yeah, the, oh, yeah, yeah. When he has his breakdown and, and Michael goes to his house and he's playing the suck it thing with the toy and he's in the pool, like how in the hot tub having a beer, at, you know, I think that's so funny. David Wallace. David Wallace. Yeah. There you go. Um, yeah, I've seen The Office a couple times through. There's just every character has their own moment. I can't pick one favorite. Prison Mike. Oh, Prison Mike's great. Yeah. Date Mike is great. Um, Michael Klump is definitely among one of my favorite characters. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know when you asked the question. I, like, maybe it's like, I didn't watch The Office. but that I love it. That was a great uh, yeah. answer. I yeah. think that Bryson Barrett's going to be thrilled with that one. And you, I just started a new one, too, that's kind of similar from the same producers. Uh, it's it's about, like, a, a jury, right? Oh, jury duty. Oh, okay. Jury duty. Yeah, okay. that's yes. great. I really okay. enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I, I watched first two episodes. Okay. I watched first two episodes. I'm, a, I'm on episode, well, I fell asleep last night on episode three. So Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. it's cool. Okay. I, I Yeah, I enjoyed that. It's And it's rewarding at the end. Okay, good. Have you seen Suits, either of you? No. No. Okay, My dad so, loves it, though. So it just, old show, but now is it, like I saw it on Netflix's top ten recently, and so I was like, oh, I've heard good things. I'm started. I'm hooked. Like, I've, I'm on season four. Yeah. I feel like I'm binging the crap out of that. Yeah. Quarterback was really good too. Pierce and I just finished that. Yeah, I've been I watching did. that. I agree. That I, really I watched good. that one. Yeah. yeah. But if if I'm gonna watch like a, a frustrating sitcom, like Curb Your Enthusiasm is my show. I, I think Larry David is one of the funniest human beings on earth. I would love to meet him. I really would. 
and I've heard like, you know, like he's into golf and all this other stuff. And I've heard these, the exact same with a golf club in his hand as he is like on the show or when he's writing, which is like trivial and frustrating and like, you know, just kind of like mad at the world, but like totally okay with what's going on. So yeah. So I, I'd imagine standing on the driving range, watching Larry David hook the golf ball would be like, so priceless he's got an incredible way of taking like real life emotions and frustrations and uh those odd situations and then putting them in an entertaining form and making them more frustrating yeah yeah Yeah. absolutely yes all right one last fan question from juliana martinez what hair products do you use uh nothing really i don't know i'll throw a little spray in there on occasion but for my mustache now we just brush it All right, well, guys, that was a great one. Thanks for your time. Go get them this weekend. Thank you. Go Rangers. Uh, Thanks for tuning in to the Straight Up Texas podcast presented by Whataburger. Before I let everyone go, just a reminder to give our episodes a rating and a review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to your shows. It would really help us out and let us know what your favorite episodes have been and what you'd like to see. We'll see you next time.